welcome to the Hopeful Influence podcast. The podcast is looking at Christian leadership uh, and hopeful influence and how we how we lead, how we do these things. My name is Matt and I have Taria and Jude with me. How are you guys doing? Yeah, doing well, thank Pretty you. Pretty good, yep. Doing good okay. Uh, we're at episode nine of the podcast, which is fantastic, and uh, nearly at the end of season one of the podcast, which is fantastic. Uh, not that I'm wishing away <laughs> the season. Really counter. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought I'd, we'd just go through where we've been up to, where we're, where we've been, and we've done a bit of an introduction about ourselves and about this idea and this motif of hopeful influence. Um, and why leadership then in, part, in session two? Why think theologically about leadership? And then we started to look just a bit closer into different areas. And so we looked at Christian leadership and we looked at the church. We looked at politics. We did two sessions there, the third sector. And now here we are and we're looking at the next generation. And so uh, I wondered you why when I look at this list, the next generation might not be something that I think of that fits into, say, like the third sector in business or in politics. But but why is the next generation important mm. and why is it in here? Yeah, well, um, yeah, so I think we kind of, one of the things, that, certainly in the journey of the book, and we've sort of mirrored that a little bit in our uh, discussions, is that is that we can, um, as Christians, people, Christian people in the world, and we find ourselves in different contexts and, and you know, business, politics, third sector, um, church, etc. So there's different contexts that kind of shape, it can shape and inform the way in which we express our, our leadership and influence uh, to others. Uh, but I think there's a sort of, there's also a sense in which for every person and, and certainly for every Christian person, um, there are others who are coming, kind of coming up the tracks, as it were, behind us. Um, others for whom the kind of experiences uh, and opportunities that we've had, uh, that we're, we're in, we're in, um, you know, we have particular opportunity to help others up, to, to give them the leg up, to give them the point of the steer, to, to help them follow paths perhaps similar to our own because of the experiences that we've had. So I think that's a sort of, I think that's kind of a given really for, for everybody in any sphere. So I think it kind of, this idea of, of, of looking out for the next generation, helping the next generation, leading the next generation, playing our part in that. Um, I, I think that's something for every, for every Christian person. It's good to sort of uh, be kicking it around a little bit. And, and again, just kind of, you know, on the, on the, on the theology of it, as, as it were, the, um, we, we've sort of located uh, Christian leadership in this bigger sort of kingdom of God movement. So we believe, you know, the Holy Spirit has been poured out into God's people. Um, God is, uh, is working, doing this transformative work within us. But that's a movement that works outwards. And, and, and ultimately, the, the horizon of the, of, the, of the kingdom of God is, well, it's not just all of humanity, but it's all of creation. You know, God is wanting to renew, uh, to redeem, to, to reform, to reshape uh, all of creation, including ourselves. And, and that's what we, we find ourselves pulled into uh, as Christian people. And, and so we've sort of said, haven't we, that this, there's an expression of, of, of leadership that we're calling uh, hopeful influence, which is um, about helping other people see that movement for themselves, to, 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 to play a part, to participate in what God is doing and to experience something of that goodness in the present. And, 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 and I guess I just think there's, there's a, there's a, we have particular opportunities to do that to those who are coming along after us, there's this, this next generational thing, whether it's as a, as a parent or 
you know, in, in our kind of social groups or in the particular vocation perhaps that we find ourselves. Whatever it is, we're looking over our shoulder, trying to create space and enable others to um, uh, to fulfil all that they, you know, to, to be, to fulfil, to, to, to lead, to express, to step into all that God has for them in this bigger sort of wider journey that we're on. So I think that's, we're going to be drilling into that and what does that mean and what does it look like? We've got, we've got plenty of time for that. But T, I know, you know, as a, I called you earlier, a younger person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, teenage years are definitely behind you. Yeah, uh, that was sure. sure. But the, <laughs> um, I mean, I know this is something that's on your heart. You know, it's just a, a Christian person, charity, church. You know, mm-hmm. loads of what, what? Why? Why do you think? Um, you know, leadership to the next generation is so important. Yeah, good question. Um, I think it's it's so important to be that we're making space for others to grow. Um, that we're constantly giving away opportunities. Um, I really benefited from that actually, actually while I was at university where key leaders in the Christian Union and also in Just Love uh, noticed some of the gifts that I had and wanted to help me to grow them. Um, and it really transformed my life actually, just knowing that there were people who would walk alongside me um, and give me those opportunities to lead or uh, to do preaches or you know whatever it was. I've just significantly grown as a person um, and being able to offer up those gifts now um, in, in community, in, in church, I just think the effect of that is huge. Um, and I really want to help others to also step into spaces to also grow. Um, and while I was at Just Love, we had this concept called um, safety nets and tightropes, which I thought was really, really effective. So it's basically where you build that trust, you build those relationships and you have those safety nets in place, but you also want to give people the opportunity to step out, to be uncomfortable, um, which is where the tight ropes come in. And just time and time again, I saw so many student leaders go through that that model um, and just excel as, as leaders. Um, and, you know, we think about the future of society and the more that we can do that with the students that are, are coming through now, the young people that are coming through now, I think the more hopeful we can be about where our society will be fundamentally. Yeah. Yeah, you love that. And the, uh, I mean, we're going we're gonna, to, I suspect, share a few stories around, around these, um, this idea uh, in a bit. But as someone who sort of, um, you know, journey with a little bit, it, you know, it, it doesn't always come naturally. And sometimes, um, it, you know, you've got to do things in a different way to, uh, to pursue and to, to make possible. Uh, I think some of what we're talking about, and no doubt we'll get into that in a minute, but Matt, you were making a, a really helpful point, I think, about just, you know, the life of Jesus and, you know, how does that, you know, just first glance, some of the stuff he does with his disciples. Well, yeah, go on. well we talked about um, thinking theologically about our leadership, didn't we? And some, something that I some tend to think is, what did Jesus look like as a leader? And sometimes I think, we don't disqualify him as leader, but we don't talk about Jesus naturally as that because it looks different to what we can really comprehend or make sense of. And so we talk about his other characteristics, but he is a, a fantastic leader. And um, I was just thinking this morning as I was getting ready to come out to this about um, when Jesus calls the disciples and who he calls and how he calls them and it, it looks completely different to the way that we normally call um people or how we would think about it and how if in a kind of leadership race or an interview panel we wouldn't look at 
the people that Jesus actually calls out. And so Jesus doesn't go for the most knowledgeable or the most polished or the right family tree or social status or the one who has the influence with the Romans or the one who has the influence with the Jews and is a Pharisee and has all the knowledge of everything that's come in the tradition. But he actually goes for the opposites of those people and just the normal people who aren't expecting the call, who aren't expecting to be given the opportunity, who are, ba- are guaranteed to make the mistakes. Um, uh, but it's okay. It's okay because Jesus sees something different in each one of them and something that we probably can see in the bible and read about in the gospels but much more that we can't even see or acknowledge and have have experienced and i there are all kinds of people that you are normally just passing lines of who was there who was around jesus who he calls and when you think about why was it why was it them and why did jesus call them and it's because he knows much better than us, but the opportunity there and the creativity to not have the Roman leader or the the Pharisee who knows everything, where they have an idea of how things are going to go. But the opportunity to grow and to to develop with people who don't have an end goal and don't have their own um, skin in the game, I I think is really exciting. And so a lot of my life and and, uh, journeys has been around opportunity that I've been given and so grateful for in my life. Um, but, it, but it can all be um, found in the life of Jesus and the way that he calls um, his followers, which I think is just so exciting. Hey, I love that. The, um, one of the things, just to stay with the thought there, Matt, I mean, one of the things that you, <clears throat> that you talk about with, with us as a team is you, you say that, um, you know, often our, our excellence, you know, striving for excellence what, what, what does that mean exactly but but certainly for us one of the things that means is is, is excellence is found in opportunity mm-hmm. um and personally I, I i found it so inspiring you know over the years to watch you in your ministry as you, you know you lead this team of 30 plus you know musicians and folks who are you know on on, on the band and stuff but you 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 create opportunity for people who you know, aren't necessarily <clears throat> the finished article or whatever that is, um, you know, musically perhaps or as experienced, but you, you're constantly wanting to create that opportunity. And, and I mean, that does look different. And I, I don't know whether there's stuff that's affected your journey perhaps in life or something that, that's made you particularly tuned into that, but it does look different to just handpicking the, the cream of the crop or whatever, yeah. uh, whatever yeah. that is. What, what, yeah, what, what's driven that for you? So, so for me, I think um, I remember um, being given opportunities by people that I shouldn't have got, you know, and, and really them taking risks that didn't always pay off, but then being faithful to have them picked me and given opportunity. And people who were like 10 years older than me, maybe a bit older and opportunities that were really great in, in music. And um, that's leaving school. And that's all I wanted to do was to worship Jesus. And so there was something in that which was God ordained, you know, that he that someone saw. But there was also another side where, you know, I wasn't particularly very good, even though I knew that's what I wanted to do. You know, I was quite loose and not not very good. <laughs> um, and so there were in my church at the time. I remember that I, you know, a classic thing where I would be allowed to do the laptop at the back of church, but I was never allowed on the worship team. You know, and that was for years. And really, 
like what why why is that you know and maybe it is because i just wasn't good enough and i you know i'm okay with that that's fine but but maybe putting somebody in that position is going to help them grow and i i think that's what we find in team at church is that um while someone may not look like the finished product whatever that is we never really reach that when they get given the opportunity they grow much quicker than if they were just left to their own devices or not invested in or not entrusted with something. And when I give opportunity away, I mean, there's, there's something in that which is just me saying, like, I really care about you and I really trust you and I want you to to take this opportunity. And some people do and some people don't, but mo- most of the time people do take it and they appreciate it and they they fly with it and they flourish. And so I just remember that feeling of thinking, Will this ever happen for me? Will I ever get, I mean, as an angsty teenager, but you know, will that ever happen for me? And then the opposite of that where I'm like, God, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity you've given me because that's all I ever wanted to do. So there was a I change knew. at some point in that <clears throat> that journey for you. Somebody, what was it, a different church or something? So yeah, a, d- a different youth group, a different okay. thing, yeah. Were we're they were no longer going to go on the laptop. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I was still doing that, but then what happened was... Uh, so the bass player just didn't turn up. And so they just said, Matt, can you play bass? And I said, yes, but I, I couldn't play bass. I just, <laughs> I was just so desperate to worship Jesus, you know. And I mm. I remember being on, I didn't play one right note. You know, I didn't, but I still play with those people today because they gave the opportunity. And because they gave the opportunity, I'm, I'm like, you know, I, I love those guys for having done that. I love those people who haven't done that for me. And at the same time, they can see that, Hopefully my heart is good and is for God's. And um, so then other people who haven't seen the opportunity and you're like, wow, well, what happened here? Like this, suddenly this guy actually can do it. And, or maybe we will. But, and that's fine. But I think we want to be people who are the opposite. Of that. Go, no, let's give the, let's be, let's open our hands and not be precious about our ministry or our gifts. And because it doesn't belong to us anyway. It belongs to God. And, and, and see the gold and see something of, you know, the gold that is possible when we do create space. Because, now, you know, now you're, you're full-time working for the church, you inhabit this ministry where you're giving loads of people a chance who wouldn't have got a chance before. That is gold. You know? Exactly. And, and that, you know, you trace it back to those first opportunities. See, what would you say? Have you got kind of, uh, you know, similar sort of, you know, moments of, of people getting alongside you and calling stuff out and... Yeah, interesting. Um, I think first, I just want to say, Matt, I'm so inspired by everything that you've done. And even me being a bass player in the worship band, you've given me so many opportunities. You always challenge me and help me to think about how I can grow. And yeah, I don't know, just as you were talking then, I was like, yeah, I've really been impacted by my Matt giving me the opportunities. Um, But I think sometimes it comes at a cost, doesn't it? Because maybe the overall quality of how the worship band will sound won't be as good as if you give someone who can't play something like the opportunity, but the benefit over time is just so much better. Um, Yeah, I think for me, it was like just going back to Just Love, the CEO of Just Love went for a coffee with me. um, And just in that meeting, he listened to me so well, just tried to understand, didn't feel like he was coming with any agenda. He just wanted to get to know me as a person and as a leader. and he just saw that I loved people, loved building relationships, loved, um, yeah, exercising that, like, yeah, leadership development stuff as well. Um, and so he just kept giving me opportunities, kept saying, oh, there's this youth event in Oxford. 
um, do you want to do a talk at that? Or, um, yeah, do you want to, like, go to this, um, go and help this small group or something in, um, yeah, in the north and, and help the students there? Or, like, where do you want to be? Ask them those questions. Where do you want to be in 10 years? And how do you think that I can help you get there? Um, and I think it's just that constant investment from someone who's willing to walk alongside you um, and not doing that for any gain of their own, like just seeing that it's the purpose of that is to develop you as a person. Um, that was was really key for me. Um, and I think when you have that personal experience and you see that benefit, you just want to give that to others because you know how much it's transformed your life. So you're like, oh, I really want to help others have that too. Yeah. Do you remember, Jude, this is a bit... Uh, do you remember the film Pay It Forward? Do you mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's TV yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> it's way past my... But we used to show it in schools. There's this thing where... There's this kid who um, takes in this homeless guy and he lives in his garage and he gives him his pocket money and this guy then gets a job off the back of that and then turns his life around and the moral of the story is this kid just pays it forward he doesn't want anything back but he's always paying it forward and even his mom is like so horrified by this the fact that this guy is living in his garage it's quite american and quite cheesy but but i remember watching that and thinking that that is what it's all about is paying it forward with no sort of um wants back or there's no manipulation of you have to give me anything back but you're always just it's just the kindness and the goodness of our hearts and what jesus has done paid it forward for us you know just for relationship with us and um while that's quite cheesy it always stuck with me that this is part of our life to to pay forward and to look after the next generation and that by doing that they will they will do much better and much more than we ever will do mm. really I love that. Love that. I think the um, <clears throat> so, so there's something about the the generosity in that, isn't there? That we're not kind of you know this this is the opposite of the life curved in. You know this is this is the life curved out. You know you know exponential almost. We're sense of we're just we're just lavishly you know giving time and energy and listening well and seeking to encourage and to bless for the other. You know, is is wonderful sort of outward generous posture, and, and and just to grab a couple of words, I think we're going to hear in a minute, aren't we, from um, Esther um, Esther Spafford Bray and just some of her reflections on um, uh, hopeful influence to the next generation and through her role at IGM and, and kind of more generally. But um, uh, it seems like there's there's a sort of intentionality. There's, there's a sort of you know this thing this this kind of the things we're talking about don't just happen, and and there's a sort of default in our human condition to just you know, quickly, oh, you know, pick pick the best or pick the person who's most qualified, seemingly, but onto the next, and um, uh, and 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 the intentionality we see in the life of Jesus, the intentionality that we're talking about, that we've experienced for ourselves, looks different. Mm. It looks different to that. It, 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 it's spotting uh, the person uh, and and creating the opportunity in a way that doesn't just happen. So we're intentional, but we're also generous. You know, there is the, the paying it forward stuff where this is a sort of freely given. Um, uh, sort of movement in this, and that that doesn't necessarily reap the reward in the moment. You know, certainly to ourselves in that sense. And you know, talk about leading the worship band. You know, maybe the the quality of the music goes down a little bit. And, you know, maybe across the whole congregation, there's a bit of a sense of well, 
hey, we, hey, we can live with that. You know, we want to, we're going to be generous here. We can live with that because, because, because we want that person to grow. We're, we're about creating space and opportunity. Um, and, and maybe something we might touch on a little bit later is I, I think there's something about the creative um, uh, posture and the sort of space in this that if 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 we're talking about this movement into a god-shaped future, if we're talking about you know, ultimately we're talking about recreation life, aren't we? The God who is making the future different than the past. At least that's the invitation that God is, is speaking and calling out over us. Then, then, then in some sense, there's a creative movement here as well, isn't there? That the future will look different. You know, that, that I haven't, you know, for whatever sphere of influence I've got, you know, I, I might not actually know that. Few, you know, I'm, I'm probably probably not going to know. Actually, it, it, it's in the relational stuff, in the creating space, in the working alongside. We're, we're, we're helping others to, to be part of that creative act for themselves. Hey, guess what? The band might, you know, the ministry, the, um, the social justice activity, the way that charity operates, whatever, you know, we, we, there is space for the future to look different, for God to breathe and to inspire and, to, and, for, us to, and for us and for those we're enabling to co-create um, that future, which I think is dead exciting, um, you know, and, and sort of almost limitless uh, potential, you know, in that, if you think about what that means for us and others. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I think um, what, and that thing about quality coming down, it is more exciting. It just is better cheerleading and doing it together. Like, if, to use the music analogy before we hear from Esther, like, nobody listens to one-man bands, you know, the guy who's got <laughs> the, the drum on his back and he's, like, walking around, he's playing his... No one likes that, you know, but they do like bands and they do like mm. music. And we like that because we like people together, doing things together in relationship. Um, and so, so yeah, so there's an opportunity for us as we think about this, isn't it? But now we're going to hear from Esther Swaffield-Bray. And Esther is Director of England at International Justice Mission. They're doing great things. Has been a, a, a friend of our church and been with us a few times. And uh, we're so grateful to hear from her and such gold. And we're going to talk about her afterwards. But here is the conversation with Jude. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Great. So we're thinking about uh, leadership to the next generation, and I'm delighted, Esther, Esther Swaffield Bray. Uh, great Hi. to have you uh, with us. Uh, lovely to see you. Thank uh, you Esther, so much for having me. <laughs> it's great, Esther. You uh, you work for IJM, the International Justice Mission. You're uh, director of England within that organisation. Um, you very kindly uh, wrote uh, in the book about leadership to the next generation. Um, and I just wanted to maybe just, well, perhaps you could start off just telling us a bit about your role within IJM and perhaps something about how you've seen leadership handed on to the next generation, that sort of baton passing, perhaps uh, share a little bit about that, is that okay? Mm, sure, sure. So, um, so yeah, I've been with IJM for just over three years now. And uh, uh, my role at the moment involves working all across the country, working with churches and individuals and donors and speaking at events and, um, and sharing a little bit about um, what we're seeing kind of globally in the, in the picture of justice and then helping make that personal for people here uh, in the UK and specifically in England. And um, I joined IJM, um, like I say, three and, a, three and a bit years ago um, in a different role in a, in a much kind of smaller capacity with a little patch in the north of England to look after. And um, one of the things that, that really stood out for me is I joined what is a big, big global organisation um, 
was the willingness of those who were very senior in comparison to me in a kind of traditional structure way um, to sit and listen and, and talk. And um, I remember very early on, um, I know I, I mentioned this in your, in your book, Jude, very early on, I'd been with IGEM for a matter of weeks. One um, of our, our senior staff who um, has been in this sector for for years and years um, came and travelled up to, to me in the northeast um, and stayed overnight and, and basically to spend kind of two solid days um, chatting to me and, and listening to me. He, he had recently joined the organisation as well and he had phrased it um, that I'd been there a couple of weeks longer than him and therefore he wanted to sit and learn from me. What had I noticed? And um, at the time, I, I remember being kind of blown away by the fact that that was a lot of time to spend with me. But as we kind of unpacked in conversation, um, I guess that the message it sent to me in a, in a big way was that even as a younger leader, as someone very new to this, not only this organisation, but actually the sector at the time, actually my voice matters. And that what I had to offer as an individual mattered much more than the fundraising targets that I would meet or the, the platforms that I could potentially speak on in the future or what I could offer to the organisation. It was more that actually myself uh, as an individual and as a leader really, really mattered. And um, it really highlighted to me the importance of, uh, of relationship, out of working out a place of relationship, um, but also uh, humility, I suppose. And, um, and that ability, I think, to create space and a, and a safe environment for others, no matter their age, stage, qualifications, to, to grow and learn and contribute, um, really spoke volumes to me at the time. Um, and probably did a huge amount to boost my confidence early on, which now, a few years later, as I've kind of somehow kind of become more senior in the organisation, I think it has a huge amount to answer for amazing that's so encouraging someone who just by the terms of it was just really intentional in wanting to invest in you and see you flourish but also sort of posture of sort of shared learning mm. together within that yeah absolutely and and i guess it started with those couple of days but actually continued on even even to now i still work with this um leader very closely whereby conversations don't always start with what are you doing but more how are you and um and really kind of being able to interact with people on on who you are is more important than what you do um i think has been absolutely key to creating a working environment that is 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 safe to try new things is um a good place to learn a good place to fail a good place to try again um yeah because at the end of the day you as a person yeah. matter yeah yeah <laughs> it's great and it's something something i talk a bit about in the book and something mm. that, that your comment uh, section sort of uh, connects with is is that you know the sense that leadership happens through our personhood that we are people journeying together that mm. there's something about the inner journey that we're on as well as the outer journey and how that uh, i guess how we make space for that you know in mm. our own expression of leadership but also facilitating the sort of growth uh, of others uh, as well as we sort of move forward into um, towards the world uh, as it should be um, against the world that it is um, just that sort of growth potential that we create for each other mm, absolutely is, is there any sense in which you um, you've 
particularly challenged by that in your own leadership now or is that provoking thoughts for you um, as you think about leadership more more generally mm. yeah definitely I think it's something I've been really challenged by as I now I'm growing a team is am I as quick to listen as I am to speak um, as I am I as quick to hear other people's input as I am to give my own opinion um, am I as quick to give responsibility away and actually give people opportunities to contribute in a really meaningful way um, as I am to headline um, if that makes sense and and I think that's that's a real um, challenge both as a um, as a leader who's experienced that from I guess the generation above me to now be trying to create an equal space an equal opportunity for those who are either leading or who are coming through as the next generation to create that space um, that is is you know that is quick quick to listen and and quick to give away platforms and quick to give away responsibility um, yes I've benefited so much from that the challenges to, to pay it forward as well no, absolutely absolutely I know reflecting on my own sort of leadership journey I mean we were talking before and I mentioned a bit in the book about you know how leadership is expressed through parenthood and and, mm. and as as a, sort of, as a dad sort of you know i just um you know i've i am being molded and shaped just constantly through my parenting and you know sometimes we can assume that as a parent you've kind of got the right answers or you think mm. you know the best ways to sort of point forward but actually um there's just constant learning you know every step of the way and um equally in the church that i happen to sort of lead at the moment or uh, be involved in leading the um uh, we're, we're a very young church and i think our average age on a sunday um is 23 24 years old so um you know a lot of young adults a lot of young families uh, in the church and i think one of the things that i found is a um you know a, a, again you sort of as a generation beyond that perhaps you sort of you know the assumption could be that you know i sort of maybe know the answers or i've got a closer sense of what we should be doing and and actually the um you know i've just learned so much from working with uh more closely with that generation and uh, one thing that i mean people talk don't they about millennial the millennial um, mm. generation and just how much they sort of prioritize um a sort of immediacy the moment uh you know having fun on the job just uh, getting the most from life and you know, there's a negative critique of that as well but but the positive is that the positive is so um uh enriching and challenging for me because you know we having you know god wants us to have forms of life you know mm. enjoying the things that we're doing is important uh, to god you know that that we that we're stepping into human flourishing life as it's meant to be the, mm -hmm. the expression of our true selves and um you know, I think sometimes, certainly perhaps my generation, maybe the generation before mine, you know, could lose sight of that a little bit, become very task oriented, can lose some of that, that sense of just how important the interpersonal dynamics are. I wondered you, like practically, so you talk about kind of your church being very like a, a young kind of the generation of millennials coming through or Gen Z even. And like, how do you practically create space to, to learn from them and and to make yeah. space that generation what does that look like in your leadership for, for us well i think it's similar to some of the things that you were saying before and sometimes you talk about uh, in the book the um i think it's it's making space for people to to lead mm. um giving responsibility away uh early 
um, that's that can be risky um, and you know people uh, you know need nurture and care as they step into that responsibility to, to exercise it well um, but I think for as a leader who's giving that responsibility away I think there, there has to be a um, sort of a, a real intentionality a willingness to sort of take risks mm. and uh, and and hopefully a sort of um, uh, you know a sort of um, a security you know actually mm. to be able to say yeah I, I trust you uh, with that and um, I don't think that's all you know as natural perhaps to leaders uh, as it could be um, mm-hmm. and and you know you know being intentional about it having a team where that kind of thing is encouraged mm. um, I think is part of part of part of what it means to lead uh, to the next generation. Esther, thank you so much for your time. It's been great to chat. There's so much more, isn't there, to say? So much more we could we could talk about. Um, sure. Thank you again for your contribution to the book and for inspiring me as we think about leadership to the next generation. Amazing. So good to hear from Esther. Um, such wisdom, such good stuff. Um, I wonder if we take... Uh, one thing each that we're just something that we're stewing on something that we're going to take away and we're actually going to put this um, podcast into two parts and talk a little bit more in depth in part two Um, but I wonder if there's anything that we're just like stewing on at the moment from what Esther said but uh, let's see what what do you think have you got anything yeah I think um, one thing that stood out to me was when Esther was was saying, you know, am I as quick to listen as I am to speak? Um, and I don't know if you guys have heard that quote that like, you know, we have two ears and one mouth, but I genuinely think that should be the ratio of how much we listen versus how much we speak. Um, and particularly in a, a growing leaders context as well, because the worst thing we could do is just growing more like T leaders or G leaders or Matt leaders. And actually when we listen to um, the younger generation, that's when we understand who they are and what they can bring to the table. Like the worst thing I can do is to just assume that I'm going to, you know, this person is going to look exactly like me um, or has gifts exactly like me. Um, and I, I think listening is is really key to unlocking that uh, like good relationship with who you're trying to develop as a leader. Yeah. That's brilliant. Do mm. you want to think? Um well, hey, I mean, quite a bit of stuff in there, in there to, to kind of reflect on. I think the, um, uh, I mean, I love the amount of time that the um, uh, the CEO uh, gave uh, to Esther and, and, and the sort of, you know, in the, clearly in the, Esther was really bowled over when she put well, that, that first meeting and, and the, the listening and the intent. But clearly there, there was some sense in which that was an ongoing thing and that, that he was, you know, really making that space and... Um, I don't know whether it's, you know, a perfect sort of um, a parallel, um, but I'm, I'm reminded of Jesus um, sort of walking in the fields uh, on the Sabbath with um, with his disciples and, and that picture of the, you know, the sun shining and they're just sort of lazily uh, spending time together. And, 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 you know, we get little snippets of, of, the, of the conversations that they had in those moments, but we don't get, we don't get loads. But my guess is they were just chatting, you know, they were just getting to know each other and, um, you know, spending time building trust and, and confidence and, and figuring each other out. And, you know, no doubt the disciples were just sort of, you know, um, 
you know, hoovering up um, in every word and every bit of wisdom that Jesus was sharing. But there's some, you know, some sense, reciprocal sense of like, well, let's get to know each other and let's let's hang out and spend time. And um, I think as, um, you know, most people in, in, in positional leadership are, are busy um, because, you know, there's, 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 there's lots to do. Yeah. <laughs> there's lots the to do. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Um, but, you know, there is there is a lot to do. Um, yeah, the, the intray never never empties in a sense. You know, you're carrying a lot of responsibility. It's burdensome, can be, uh, particularly so at times. And, and and yet the and yet, you know, Jesus finds this time to hang out with his mates and and listen and and share and and, and something of that. You know, clearly Esther's sort of resonating there. And and, and uh, you know, I think about my own experience, and I think there's <clears throat> you know two. Um, Vickers, um, you know, I guess that's my, it's been my, my sort of principal um, vocational journey, uh, if you like, um, over recent years at least. But the two, two vicars who, who, who did that kind of stuff with me, you know, and took the time to just to, to, uh, to walk together a bit and listen and share. And I just, it's just vital, isn't it? So I'm, I'm holding on to that. Um, <laughs> thinking so about my leadership for the year ahead. Jude, diary intentionality generosity <laughs> making space time to hang out yeah so yeah really good so good um, my uh takeaway was pretty similar to tease it was the line after that which was um am i as quick to give responsibility away as i am to headline and and just that phrase headline i'm like oh, you know, i just don't need to you know i i really just don't need to there are people who would just love and love opportunity and love to be given a chance or love to be trusted or to be cared for enough or thought of enough to be given an opportunity and there's there's plenty around me where i think i just don't i can and i would like to and I, you know i've got my place to play in god's kingdom but um also i i don't need to be the guy or that guy and i think that's a lot of the trouble we've got in with some of our leadership stuff from some churches that are really successful in some things, but we just rely on the guy, the one guy. And it never ends well. <laughs> it never ends well. But doing it together in relationship, um, you know, put, using that word power, and we, we just spread it, and we do it together. And, yeah, we hold responsibility, and we, but, but we're, we're being accountable to each other, I think. is um, It's just something that I'm going to stew on from that really is. Uh, the headline and the responsibility given it away. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's really exciting. And I think the future is so bright when we start to think about these things. And we, I, I just when you were talking, Jude, about like your diary, and oh, I was thinking, you know, this time next year, I, I just pray that we've got stories to tell of having given it away. And I'm sure we will have, um, because we're we're intentional and we're wanting to be intentional about it, but I'm excited to hear those stories. I'm excited to to just give thanks to God for those things that He's doing in the people around us, rather than oh, I got to lead worship again. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, oh, and yeah. I got it. We got to see this person grow and do this together, and it's really exciting. And so I wonder if if we pray together as we finish. And I'm going to pray for us. <laughs> So God, we just uh, come to you and we say sorry for times when we um, when we just think we're the headline act and we just take it 
and we don't think even think about giving it away, God. But we thank you that you have created us in relationship and you are um, our leadership just example, God. And we thank you for Jesus and his life and for all that he teaches us. God, we pray that you would show us those people around us that we can invest in. God, we pray you'd give us the strategies uh, to do things a bit differently, maybe in a, in a better way, in a, a more fruitful or a more creative way. God, we just pray for those. You'd show us those areas that aren't really working and a way that they could work. And God, we just pray that we would always be paying it forward, passing it on. And we thank you for how you've paid into us, how you paid it all for us, God. And we pray that we can just look more like you as we move forward. Amen.